This is Just a Few Questions. I'm Mark Sims. My guest is Atiba Buchanan. Atiba Buchanan is the co-host of the Buchanan and Seaton radio show on WVON Radio. How are you, Mr. Buchanan? Man, I'm excellent on this good afternoon, this wonderful sunny afternoon. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, uh, I'm so glad to have you here. And you're here to talk about uh, the GOP's uh, voter suppression efforts. So, Atiba Buchanan, yes. uh, what's wrong with voter suppression? That's that's a, that's a nice broad question that, that gives me a lot of room to, to play with. So I appreciate that. Let's Let's start here. Let's start with the fact that in the last presidential election, November of 2020, in the state of Georgia, that's been red for almost you know 30 years consecutively. Uh, we're looking at a Biden win in that state after many recounts of 11,779 votes statewide. To to give it some more perspective, he won that state by less than a quarter of a percent, to be exact. Point two four. So by the skin of his teeth, by the skin of our nation's teeth, he was able to pull out that state and subsequently uh, in a in a runoff election, you know, shortly thereafter, the main the uh, presidential election, the state of Georgia also put in two uh, elected two Democratic senators, something it has not done or if, if ever, I don't think they've ever done that. That said, um, we the the power of voting is and you can let's tie that let's tie that to now so we get two senate uh two democratic senators in the election which allows the senate now to now have a democratic majority a slim majority takes the vice president and kamala harris to break the tie 51 to 50. so essentially the senate tied but that gives power to the democrats it rested away from Mitch McConnell, who has been the Senate Majority Leader for a lot of young people's almost whole life. And so when we have that authority, that allows us to to make votes to get things to, to happen. So what does that do for now? Well, a lot of the stimulus checks and the amount of $1,400 per person. In my household, there were four of us. So that's 1,400 times four. That's a significant amount of money when you're trying to get your household balanced from everyone not being able to work, uh, either not being able to work at all or having their hours severely impacted due to the pandemic. And so when we look at those $1,400 stimulus checks, coupled with the the benefits that were given to unemployment and so forth, and these benefits are given to everyone across the country, regardless of who you voted for in the election. The country benefited from that. Let's take a look at how Republicans and Democrats voted for that. There was not a single Republican vote in the House nor the Senate for that bill. There is not one single Republican that would have liked to have seen the American people have that economic impact, that stimulus to help get them back on their feet in this pandemic when we're suffering during a time that is technically no one else's fault. This isn't about people not pulling themselves up, pulling themselves up by their bootstraps. This is about something that, again, we have limited control over. And this is the ideal time for government to be able to assist its citizens so that citizens can turn right around and then help again to continue to help the government. So, you know, again, when, when people say that Republicans and, and Democrats were all the same, I, I just look at something like this where, again, if it weren't for majorities of Democrats in the House, if it weren't for a, major, a majority of 
Democrats in the Senate if it weren't for a uh, Democrat in the White House. If all three of those areas uh, were not democratically held, then, then the American people would not only be suffering the physical ailments of the pandemic, but continuing to suffer economically as well. Yeah, but to so, Buchanan, the uh, the GOP empire is striking back. So will their voter suppression efforts bear fruit? Yeah, so uh, I, I would say on, on the shorthand, no. Yes, long term, I don't think so. So let's talk about some of the efforts that, they're, that, they, that they proposed. Let's look at the state of Georgia. And I brought that state up for a very particular reason, because Georgia, as you know, or some people know and some don't know, recently passed a law. Um, that would that has severely impacted voting in this in that particular state. Again, 0.24 percent win for Biden, less than a quarter of one percent. So what what is what has uh, Governor Kemp done? First of all, we could, let's talk about Governor Kemp. Uh, we you know many people know and you may not know that he is the governor of Georgia, and he won his last election in 2018 over Stacey Abrams. While he was secretary of state of the state of Georgia, while he was technically running the election, many people feel that he did things um, that allowed him to win the election by mostly uh, getting rid of a lot of black voters, taking them off of the rolls. Uh, Tens and tens of thousands of people that he took off the rolls that would have likely voted Democratic. So what happens in the presidential election when we look at those 11000 votes that that uh, Biden won by, that's in no small part due to the efforts of Stacey Abrams on the ground in Georgia, uh, rallying black folks, rallying folks to vote early, to stay in line and to vote by mail because of the pandemic. So what does the GOP do? Normally when a party loses an election, they try to adjust their message so that their message becomes more inclusive of more people so that they can win the next election. But the GOP doesn't care about being more inclusive. As a matter of fact, they're a party without a platform. If you remember, Mark, in the 2016 election uh, at the 2016 uh, Republican National Convention, where they're supposed to be able to expose their platform, they didn't even bother to develop one. So they're saying to their voters, you know what, we don't need to come up with policies that you can agree with and then then get you excited to come out to the polls. We just need you to be uh, voting for Donald Trump because his name is Trump. And that's not what Democrats are about. And that's and that's part of why they lost the election. So what do Republicans do? Instead of trying to make a more inclusive message, they say we're going to try and restrict the people that vote against us. I think you have a quote that kind of surmises that uh, in, a, in a very eloquent way. Uh, but one of the first things they did was uh, they, they made it central. Uh, they, they, they tried to curtail eligibility to vote by mail because that's one way that, that the Democrats uh, pretty much won the election. If you remember, on election night, when they, when they count the in-person voting first, it looked like Donald Trump might win with a landslide because all of those, a lot of those in-person votings on that day were Republican. But then over time, as they began to count the mail-in ballots, you began to see this blue wave coming two, th- two to three, four days after the election in a lot of these states, and then you see how Democrats came back. They surged back. Why? because of mail-in voting. So what's the first thing Republicans do? They try and, and, and get rid of the mail-in voting. The next thing they do, prohibit the use of ballot drop boxes. So again, another convenience of trying to get more people to be involved in the democratic process 
allows people to drop their ballots off in, in predetermined areas around their cities. And what do Republicans say? We need fewer of those opportunities, people, and we want to make it harder and harder for people to cast their ballot. And then uh, here's one that, that a lot of people feel is directly racially motivated. Uh, they, they want to attack early voting. And the one thing that they attack is the Sunday early voting because they know it is common knowledge that many black folks, many black folks are involved in the church and they do a souls to the polls on Sundays where they will go to church and then go to vote afterwards. And those people are likely voting Democratic. So what they want to do is get rid of that dynamic. And a lot of people need to vote on Sunday or, or weekends in general because it's hard for them to get off on that actual Tuesday or whatever day during the week that the voting occurs. So, again, we are looking at a party uh, and we won't even get into the most egregious thing in, in their bill where they make it illegal for you to bring food or water someone who's waiting in line to vote. All of these rules have been changed now by Republicans in Georgia because they have majorities, by the let way. Me, let me cut in real Under quick. The let, guide. Me, let me say this real quick. When you say sure. waiting in line, that's that's part of the problem, especially in Georgia, because they got the, like a whole bunch of counties. Everybody's been there. Texas has the most counties. I think Georgia's number one. They got a county every five blocks. So some counties like Fulton County got like a million people. Then some counties only got like 2,500. And so some mm-hmm. counties, you're going to have these long lines, maybe like Fulton County or DeKalb County in Atlanta yep. metro area. And the point is that the, having a line is is, is egregious. You, keep going, man. I had to chime I, in. <laughs> and let me let me agree, and I agree with you. There. Let me make this last point. I'm gonna come back to that. What well, well, my point about Republicans is they're doing all this under the guise of, of of election integrity to ensure the confidence of voters in the election process to eliminate fraud. But everything that I've just read to you has nothing to do, what what does giving someone water who's waiting in line to vote, how is that eliminating fraud? Which, by the way, we've all understood through lawsuit after lawsuit and uh, investigation after investigation that voter fraud is, is virtually non-existent in this country, certainly not to the degree that it would ever affect any major election. So uh, that said, again, you know, yeah, for them to do this under the auspices of trying to have voter integrity just makes it all the more egregious. And then this all goes back to the gutting of the Voting Rights Act back in 2013 under the Obama administration and under that Supreme Court, uh, where John Roberts, I think, was the cast, was the deciding vote. Uh, and and so ever since they have eliminated the rules of the Voting Rights Act that would that would cause states to have to get approval to redistrict or to change these types of laws within their states. Now states can run rampant. And, and again, we need to shore up the Voting Rights Act to get to, to, to get some level, again, of a, of a level playing field. Well, you know, I, I, I'm surprised they haven't passed, uh, especially in the South, because in Michigan and, of course, Arizona, a lot, a lot of states are push, pushing these uh, voter suppression laws. But I'm surprised they haven't pushed a law to ask voters, especially black voters, how many bubbles are in a bar of soap? <laughs> It's coming. I mean, you know it's coming. That's, that's the next bit. They ain't got to it yet, right? Right. It's in, it's yeah, in, it's, that... it's insane. So, I mean, as you well know, we we almost done with the podcast, Atiba Buchanan, and don't, and don't let me go let you go without talking about your radio show. But the grand old party is mainly, mainly not totally, but mainly a party of white identity. Uh, when they, when are they ever going to shake that off and understand that the white identity thing is damn near over? They're going to have to be, be, be become more multicultural 
over the next you know, 30, 40 years. They're not. 20 years, if, whatever. If they, if they had the opportunity, if they had the ability to begin to make that type of change, we would have said, I don't, I don't know how much losing they have to do. They lost the White House by almost 8 million votes. They've turned Georgia blue. Texas is a, is an election or two election cycle or two away from becoming blue. Um, how much losing do they need to do? They lost the Senate. They they've lost the House for a couple of cycles in a row. I don't know how much losing they need to do before they realize that the that the path that they're going down. I mean, they have they have doubled down on Donald Trump. They, he was the premier speaker at CPAC after not only did he not only after he lost the election, but after he basically led an insurrection attempt on the White House. He's still their man. So if they had the ability to change, they would have changed by now. I don't see it happening. I think I think the GOP uh, is going to be the way of a dinosaur again with, within the next 10 years. And they know it, which is why, I mean, they, they've said out loud, they said the quiet parts out loud. They've said as much. If we cannot change these rules on elections, we'll never win another election. Even they know it. But but they also understand, just like the economy and the and the stimulus check, uh, at least half, maybe more than half of American workers are doing just fine. I know people, you know people, we all know people who have the job where they can work from home. They ain't missed a beat. They ain't missed a check. You have some people that I know personally <laughs> who who got wiped out and knocked down by the pandemic because they don't have a job we can work from home so you know so it, it's it's complicated so the it, the people who really got hurt during this pandemic of course our restaurants and that kind of stuff and in the, in the, in the uh, travel industry industry and people low-wage workers they got really hurt some of these jobs in the downtown areas of certain areas they ain't never coming back but it's going to be a shakeout don't forget the entertainment industry uh thank you but but i say that because the, the most most americans are doing just fine most Americans really don't like the demographic changes of America. Most Americans, let's say, say most, a large, let's say a large number, don't believe in anything that smells like socialism. Even those who benefit because of socialism don't like socialism, which is insane. So I think we do. I could be wrong, but do you think we need a really? Because I asked your co-host, <laughs> Mr. Seaton, this question: Don't we really need to retrain, retool, or really educate the American public, especially younger, younger voters? I think a civic. I think civics is is something that is desperately needed uh, in this country. I think one of the because one of the biggest problems we have is that a lot of people can't see, can't conceptualize past the presidential election. So you get a lot of enthusiasm every four years for the presidential election, but it's all the other elections in between that that really matter. And because people aren't informed about what's going on at the other lower levels of government, then they become more apathetic and you get, and, and then you get what we get when we see, again, rep, uh, Republican majorities in places like Georgia that are then able to pass these archaic laws with a Republican government. But if we all got, if we, if we stayed excited and informed on every single election, on every single level, then we'd be able to pass the people's agenda uh, more effectively. Right now, let's take something that is, that should be bipartisan. 90% of Americans believe in background checks for guns. Why can't we get that done? Because people become, because everybody wants to put all the blame on the president. And the president, if people understood how government worked and understanding that it takes three branches of government, three co-equal branches of government, then they'd be more involved in understanding how to push the levers to get the result that they want. So 
I, you know, to, to educate the, you know, Americans generally, and this is, this is not, this is across racial lines, don't do well with nuance. And so that's why Republicans even, you know, in my, in my view, win a lot because they're always able to have a cohesive message, offensive as it may be, that people can easily digest and ride with, like make America great again, because they don't do well with nuance. The nuance is he's telling you make America great again while his ties are made in China. I know. And nuance, gray areas, you know, because you have to use your brain. And that's and that's yeah, problematic exactly. for, for most Americans, which I totally understand. Atiba Buchanan, talk about, tell the folks to listen to your, your radio show. Absolutely. The Buchanan and Seton show airs on WVON Friday nights from nine until midnight. My host, I, I host the show along with my co-host, Mr. David Seton. And he also has a blog you definitely want to check out called Seton Speaks. Uh, that's what we do Friday nights from nine until midnight. Uh, it's a it's a wonderful spot, and uh, please join us. We'd love to, you know, not only have you hear the show, but participate. We love callers. But you know, they can go on iHeartRadio, WVON dot com. It's a great show, and they can and they can live stream absolutely. Uh, AM sixteen ninety. AM sixteen ninety. You know what? AM sixteen ninety. Uh, you're the man. You're always a great guest, and uh, thanks so much. You are the man, Mark. <laughs> I, I really appreciate you having me on. <laughs> 